Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, we got a gigantic Thursday show lined up for you. But first, let's talk about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Bob Show. This podcast is almost exclusively powered by our Patreon subscribers. I'm so grateful for them. So if you love this podcast, you can help keep it online by signing up for just $5 per month at patreon.com slash Bob Show. You're going to get access to the Shattered Locket podcast twice per week, every Tuesday and Thursday. You're also going to get to download the Patreon app. You're going to be able to comment under all the episodes. And you can even participate in the brand new chat room on the Patreon app. Plus, there's going to be a new desktop version of the Patreon chat room coming up any day now. So you get all of that stuff. Plus, you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast as we guide you through the chaos of our politics. So get going. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Oh, yes. I hate this. It is revolting. More? Please. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 18, 2024, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1093 of the Biden-Harris administration, 292 days until the 24th presidential election. You find me on threads and Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And those two people right there, it's the goth ninjas, yeah. It is Jody Hamilton, the executive producer of The Stephanie Miller Show. Patreon.com slash Stephanie Miller Show. Also, David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. His music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. That's that's one of the places. Also, Patreon.com slash Astral Summer. Yes, hi, goth ninjas. Uh, Hola. Hola. Hey. Before we get into anything else today, we have to wish a very happy birthday to the great Jody Hamilton. Yeah! <laughs> Thank oh, you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Jody. Happy birthday. Thank you. Here we go. I love it. Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. We are. Every week. I'm going to talk with Seska. Me. And T-Rex aboard. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Nothing really grows with Jody. And T Rex. <laughs> yeah, I want a jingle. How come I? Uh, yeah, you know what? Respect. You had a jingle. I made a jingle for you, but I don't yeah, think you, you have a Rocky Mountain Mike jingle. I, yeah, I'm waiting on the uh, Tiny Trump jingle from Rocky Mountain Mike. I don't know if he's going to make it for me or not, but he dare to dream. Taking requests, I knew that. <laughs> Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's his favorite. You're, I think, entirely 31. exhausted. Yeah, 31. 31 years old. Congratulations. No, I'm 57 fucking years old. All right. Right on. 
<laughs> and you're exhausted because you were up uh, at one o'clock this morning. I got up at one o'clock this morning, so I've been up for nine hours and some change already. Why the Just hell? You personally strow rose petals in Lawrence O'Donnell's path before you come <laughs> on the Stephanie Miller show. Yeah, that was triumphant today. How about that? It your, was nice. Your birthday yeah, was- get. Yeah, it was it was a last minute booking because uh, Dr. Redliner had to postpone till next week. So it was like yesterday, I'm on my walk before going back to work, and Dr. Redliner called me because I can't make it tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, who who can I think of? And I went, I'll try Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence, o- which is an outstanding substitute for anything. You know, yeah, I, I have a hard time believing he was runner up for anything. But <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, who who can I? And we haven't had him on. She hasn't had him on her show in a long time, and she just gave me his email address before we went off on vacation. So I was like, let's try. And he got back to me within an hour or so. And um, I mean, his assistant was fantastic yeah. uh, to work with. So we're hoping that we'll you know get him on again. Are you doing anything fun for your birthday? <laughs> I'm going to go to bed around four. Um, <laughs> That's right, going to bed early, sure. Uh, I have to get, I have work to do still, so there's that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no plans. You know, it's, it's a work day. Well, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. Uh, you are the absolute best. And, uh, oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. I love you guys, too. We love you so much. Yes, yes. Okay, cat, my, okay my cat is trying to eat the exact cord that I need in order for you guys to hear me. <laughs> so that might is. be a problem. By the way, we were also relieved to find out you weren't eaten by wolves outside of the stately Miller <laughs> mansion. No, when I got there, these two coyotes were just lying down across, literally right where I parked. Waiting for across you. Across the street. Wait, yeah, kind of. And so I looked, I, ro- I pulled up and I see them and they just kind of looked at my car like, yeah, what? And... <laughs> yeah. That's what coyotes, man. They are, you know. And so I rolled down my window about four inches, Mm. and I said, Hi, you guys. What are you doing? It's time to go now. I got to get out and go to work. And the one that was closest to me just kind of looked at me (laughs) and then looked away. (laughs) And then the other one, she got up and walked a little ways down and then plopped again. Mm -hmm. And then he decided to get up and follow her, but they were not far enough. And finally, she got up, and they started just sauntering slowly down her street and uh, I waited another five minutes because they're they're stealth. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I, waited, I was like, I got to work at like four fifteen, and I didn't get into the building until like four twenty five. <laughs> so you're stuck out there. You know what you should have done? Rolled down your window and gone like this, <laughs> and then they would have torn off. God bless him. Um, <laughs> God, I found where a park ranger had like actually like <laughs> rescued an injured coyote and took it home. And he also had a blue Honda. I had a blue Honda at that point. And so I posted on Facebook. I was like, does anybody recognize this dog I found out on the loop? It was chewing on a deer carcass. No collar, kind of snippy. Uh, oh, but wow. I lured him into the car with a can of cat food, and now I've got him <laughs> locked in the bathroom at home. <laughs> that reminds me. I had a picture of it in the car, like of the park ranger's car. It looked just like my car, and everybody was like, David! There was an eyeglasses commercial that was running, I think, across the United States for a period of time a few years ago. Where raccoon? Yeah, where that woman thought she was inviting her cat into the bed, and it was a raccoon, which I thought was hysterical. Anyway, so yes, once again, happy birthday, Joe. 
Cody on the show, and we're glad you weren't Thank eaten you. by wolves this week. So me too. Yes. Wolves are very nice, by the way. I've met wolves. They are not. They don't attack humans. They're very, very kind animals. Yes. Yeah. Although, given the prevalence of wolves around the stately Miller Manor, maybe we should record like do one of those Tom Brokaw pre-recorded death announcements. Jody Hamilton dead today at the census age of 57. She was eaten by wolves. She was delicious. Anyway, so uh, getting into things here, uh, Donald Trump is intentionally disrupting his various trials, making things worse for himself. And that's the outside, rational, realistic point of view. He believes he's making things better for himself. By presenting himself, by framing himself as a victim. Like, why do they keep telling me to shut up? Why do they keep telling me to stop disrupting the court? I mean, this has been going on uh, in two separate venues, in fact. Both the E. Jean Carroll case, as yeah. well as now the uh, Judge Angoron case. And so... That's what I was wondering about. It's like, how is he finding the fucking time... To run for president and be a nuisance in two different courtrooms in two different cities. Yeah. By choice. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the I thing. I guess they're he, both in New York. I was thinking D.C. for some reason. He doesn't want his fanboys to look yep. at the evidence being presented in this case, especially with E. Jean Carroll, where the evidence is so yeah. fucking horrendous. The way he sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll... He doesn't want his people to know about that. Well, first of all, because his people are off on their own jihad, uh, accusing trans people of being sexual predators, when in fact that's uh-huh. not happening at all, as we've established on right. this show. But it's his behavior that's sexually predatory. What he wants is he wants his fanboys to focus on his very, very poor treatment or the vicious way he's being treated by the deep state, how they're coming after him and they're trying to silence him. That's how... It's basically a judge trying to keep order in their own fucking courtroom by saying, sir, please be quiet. Yes, you absolutely. Know? Exactly. So it's all at once that, plus he's attempting to tamper with the jury. He's trying to intimidate them by making these scowly faces. We've seen the pictures of him in the courtroom with that that intentionally scowly buzzard face of his. And so he's doing that to send a signal to the jurors or courtroom officials, to the judge, to prosecutors, etc., to say, hey, look, you better watch it because you're doing this to me. I'm going to get my retribution. So he's trying to intimidate them into going lighter on him or backing away or at the very least to send the signal to his fanboys that he's the tough alpha Donald Trump and he will not be silenced. He will not be prosecuted unfairly like this. And so that that plays well with his people. It keeps them away from the actual evidence of the case. Certainly Fox News and the Red Hat Entertainment Complex aren't covering the details of these cases because if they were, Donald Trump's support wouldn't be where it is right now. Donald Trump would be running like distant third. All things being normal, Donald Trump would be a non-entity in this year's election. Because his fanboys would understand what's going on, the awfulness that he did, the fraud that he is. And that's, the, I think, the word that gets lost in discussing the uh, Judge Angoron case, is that Donald Trump's whole thing is being a successful businessman. When, in fact, yeah. what we're learning from Letitia James's lawsuit is that that's all bullshit. Bullshit. That's mm-hmm. all stuff that he's made up because he's cooked the books. It's like yeah. saying on your Tinder profile or something like that, yeah, I've got a 10-inch dick. <laughs> but no, right. no, he does not. 
He's been working at this with Alan Weisselberg and Don Jr. and Eric Trump and Ivanka for years and years and years to make the Trump organization seem like it's far more important than it actually is, that it's far more successful than it really is. When, in fact, all they've got is Donald Trump's brand, his name, his horrendous visage. That's all we're talking about here. We're going to talk about his horrendous visage in just a second. So uh, Alina Haba is absolutely clueless. Bless you. As a, as a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> what is going on with her cheeks? Oh my God. Well, she knows she, she'd rather be pretty than smart because she can fake being smart. Well, the fact is that she is entirely incompetent. She is the bottom of the barrel at this point for Donald Trump's legal defense because he's running out of lawyers. Taco Pina's law firm has resigned, has quit representing Donald Trump in a couple of different venues. The crazy thing about Donald Trump's lawyers bailing on him is the fact that there are going to be more lawyers who are going to line up and step right into that propeller again. Just like all the previous lawyers, not get paid. Mm -hmm. They're going to be told what to do by Donald Trump beyond what they're allowed to do, right? He's going to puppeteer these attorneys, whoever works for him, he puppeteers them. So he's at, the, at a place right now where he's just desperate for anyone to represent him. And that's the, the weakness of Donald Trump that doesn't seem to permeate the red hat base. And the reason it doesn't is because he's so busy flailing in the courtroom and making an ass of himself and doing the, you know, the accordion hands outside the courtroom and making sure that the emphasis is on his behavior and not what's being presented, as we've been saying. So yesterday was, as we've been saying, just insane in terms of Donald Trump's behavior, where at one point the judge had to say, Mr. Trump has the right to be present here, but that right can be forfeited and can be forfeited if he is disruptive and if he disregards court orders. Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial. I understand you are very eager for me to do that. I know you would because you just can't control yourself in this circumstance. And then Trump reportedly then threw his hands up in the air, his tiny hands, and said, I would love it. Of course he would love it. And Judge Kaplan replied, I know you would. You just can't control yourself in this circumstance, apparently. And so what Donald Trump wants is he— I mean, like 14-year-old juvenile defendants are better at handling themselves in the courtroom than him. Yeah, yeah, but it's— It's a way that any other person in this country— sitting in a courtroom would not be allowed to carry on this way. Well, and of course it's intentional. Right. It's, it's strategic. What he wants well, yeah. to do is he wants to get kicked out of the courtroom and then frame it as though they banned him from the courtroom. Instead of talking about the way he raped Eugene Carroll, his fanboys are going to be talking about how Judge Kaplan kicked him out of the courtroom. So that's why right. Judge Kaplan didn't kick him out of the courtroom, which I think was right. smart. Well, and the thing is, is he keeps complaining about the whole, I can't go to the funeral. That's bullshit. He's going. He already said so on True Social that he's going to go to the funeral. And secondly, he doesn't have to be at that trial. It's a civil trial. It's not a criminal trial. He does not have to be there. It's a choice for him to fucking be there. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And the antics continue today. So this is uh, coming to us from Mediaite. The headline says, did you not hear me? Judge clashes with Trump lawyer Alina Haba right out of the gate during E. Jean Carroll testimony. 
So uh, well, does, she doesn't appreciate being spoken to that way. <laughs> <laughs> the third day of the trial in the defamation case brought by Carol surrounding Trump's alleged sexual assault of her in a department store back in the 1990s started off with a tense back and forth between Haba and the judge. So Haba asks, and you've been on left-leaning platforms and Carol's like lawyer. Like that matters? Yeah, right. So I guess she's talking to, to E. Jean Carroll. So Haba asks mm-hmm. E. Jean Carroll, and you've been on left-leaning platforms. Carroll's lawyer responds, objection. Kaplan says, sustained. And then Haba says, they are left-leaning. And then <laughs> Judge Kaplan has to say, hey, did you not hear me? I just said sustained to the objection. You're not supposed to continue asking the same question that, exactly. uh, that was objected to but and she, then sustained. I mean, She'd be out of her depth litigating a parking ticket or an overdue book fine. I mean, like, I don't know <laughs> why she, I mean, well, no, she's here because Trump wants to fuck her. Ew, David. Ew. Yeah, I know. Ew. Ew. I, know. I mean, ew. But. Well, I, I, th- I mean, my thing with Haba is how do Bless you, you. Uh, yeah, I know. H- how do you sleep at night? I mean, she ostensibly has to deal with judges and courtrooms for the rest of her career. And she's, um, she wasn't a trial attorney up until now, so there's that. Okay, and then she may not be a trial attorney after this? She she may not have a license after this, for That's all we know. probably but true. All these people are angling for Fox shows or Newsmax shows. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. they all want to be podcasters and stand-up comedians like Ted Cruz. None of them want to actually be doing what they're doing. Right. I think the whole thing now is merit based on, I don't know, clout, like uh, news media clout or social media clout. That's it's all she just, cares about. It's weird because it's like if she is, God forbid, fucking him, she's it's girl, he's gonna lose the money and he's going to jail. <laughs> right. And he's already married, and the lady that he's married to, trust me, is gonna take him for everything that's left. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Here's the other thing I wanted to add about this. This is not gonna fly in a criminal courtroom. No. When he's on trial in Georgia, when he's on trial in Washington, DC, and even when he's on trial in Florida. Those proceedings are quite different than civil fraud cases or lawsuits. Right. His leash is going to be much shorter. And I'll be interested to see if he tries the same shenanigans in front of, uh, you know, a criminal court. I don't know. I think he may try, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way he's going to be treated is going to be a little bit more harsh, which I guess, again, that's what he's looking for. He's looking to be treated harshly. And the thing is, though, it just it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not like and I think he perceives this as being just kind of a, a one to one black or white thing where, yeah, he's seeking to frame his treatment with his fanboys for electoral purposes or power, whatever, keeping the uh, base intact. I don't think it occurs to him that it puts him in greater and greater legal jeopardy where he could end up yeah. losing everything. He's going to. Yeah. I mean, with Judge Angoron, we're talking about upward of $370 million. Mm-hmm. You can't go to your fundraisers and ask them for $370 million. No. You're just not going to get it. And I, I guess he's gotten at least that much already. He got $250 million after the insurrection. Yeah, but that's been spent. Oh, yeah, that's all been spent. I mean, he only picked up, what was the number? Something like uh, $38 million in quarter three of last year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, Biden's I, got $117 million in his coffers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Biden is far out fundraising Donald Trump. And that's a significant metric as far as I'm concerned in terms of predicting what's going to happen in this election. We'll talk about that more later. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know where Donald Trump gets that money. And he's going to have to pay it or else he's going to be found in contempt for not paying it. And then that doesn't even take into consideration the criminal cases on top of all of that. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it, with the, the civil lawsuit in New York, it's going to go through appeals mm-hmm. before he has to pay one thin dime. Yeah. But he's still going to have to pay for lawyers for those said appeals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with E. Jean Carroll that Allison Gill pointed out on one of her Daily Beans, I think it was, podcast, um, she pointed out that the expert that testified on behalf of Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman yeah. is going to testify with this E. Jean Carroll case because of how the reach was for him as a president to defame her versus the first trial where it was him not being president anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he tried to stop this woman from testifying. Look at just the vast difference between the reach that Giuliani would have versus a reach that the sitting president would have. Oh God. Yes. And so, and we all thought that Giuliani might, be liable for you know thirty forty million dollars and it's what a hundred and forty eight million dollars or some shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> there is a very strong possibility that once this woman testifies on behalf of uh, Aging Carol, that her ten million dollars plus whatever damages she wants is going to be a lot higher than anybody thinks. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Me too. I want New York jury. I, I hope she buys herself a fucking castle in France. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, off, like a line of young men to just kind of like run the, you know, like give her massages and fan her, mm-hmm. and you know, just she deserves to live like a queen because she has like fucking carried the torch and fought and hung in there when people are screaming about murdering her and you know the horrible, horrible things that must pour through her inbox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just keep thinking about Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook families and how much money he's on the hook for with them. Yep. It's what was yeah. the number? $1.5 billion? Billion dollars, yeah. <laughs> That's like some country's entire GDP, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, but when just, is it? I mean, when is it? Uh, when are we going to get some movement on that? Is he going to be able to? I mean, I just feel like they're delaying and delaying and delaying, and he's like, I'm bankrupt. And like, oh, well, yeah. Well, rich people are going to try whatever levers they can pull to uh, try to wiggle out of accountability like this, and it's ultimately not going to work. If Alex Jones keeps dragging his feet, he's going to end up serving time for not paying, or whatever they do to scoff laws, whatever they do to people who just decide not to pay their penalties. I guess that depends on Texas law, which I'm not up to speed with. But we can, wait, uh, I thought you were a lawyer in Texas. What do you mean? I thought, I'm, wait, I'm I leaving thought, this podcast. I thought you were a lawyer in Texas. <laughs> 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 Would you, we Bob just and that. I are actually married in Texas, but that's a different. Story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that Spider-Man meme where we're all pointing at each other, all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see what else here. Yeah. So uh, the chaos is happening uh, again today in court, and uh, I'm sure there'll be something explosive that will occur as soon as we finish recording today's show. So let's talk about. Donald Trump's appearance right now. And it's bad. Yeah, he's not looking good. He uh oh. there's a couple of pictures floating around right now of Donald Trump looking like warmed over dog shit. I mean literally. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a piece that was so horrendous. There was a debate going on Twitter about whether or not it was actually real. And I went and mm. found the source of it. It was a Vox article. The uh, I want to find the uh, photographer's name here because it was appropriate to uh, the actual photo itself. But this Vox photo is just unbelievably horrendous. Okay, yeah, the, pho- <laughs> the photographer is named Tannen Murray. His first name, Tannen, and it's Donald Trump's Tannen. fake tan, that face makeup that he wears. Just looking like a baby had diarrhea all over his face. Like he, he was looks, kissing, like he lifted up he a looks, baby and the baby just went <laughs> right into his face. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for that image. I know some people I eat mean, dinner. He already, with, I mean, without the makeup, he already looks like he's made of ground up tumors. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, he just, that particular picture, do you think they've got him on Ozempic or something? Has he lost some weight? Because it's like his face looks even baggier. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I think like, he has lost a little bit of weight. We've talked about this before. I thought initially it was because he was sick, but it's probably Ozempic. I would imagine it's something like that. This, I was trying to think. He, I mean, he looks like something has happened. Yeah. Like he got microwaved yeah. or, I mean, he's like bacon <laughs> after it's cooked. Right? There's, like he, there's that great shot of Kramer when Newman imagines him as a, as a turkey. Yeah, where it's like a, a Thanksgiving turkey, but with Kramer's head on it. <laughs> And he right. like God. waves to Newman. It, that it's exactly what Trump's face looks like. He looks like Kramer in that scene, or like the tan mom, or something like that. Who was that? Right. That woman in uh, There's something about Mary. Something about Mary. Yes, I because I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The dog. And again, we're not yeah. breaking any news with Donald Trump's foppish face makeup that just looks like well, baby and, and, shit. And he just makes terrible aesthetic decisions. Well, yeah. You know, like yeah, so well, it's all part of his fraud. It's all part of his yeah. trying to disguise what he really is. It's amazing to me just how bad he can make a plain white dress shirt look. I remember when he went to, <laughs> you know, because you know he just wears them once and throws them away, and that's mm-hmm. part of the problem. Yeah. You know, like, it, oh, God. Well, there's actually another dimension to this. There was another photo going around of Donald Trump waving, and we get to see the palm of his tiny hand with his stubby Uh, fingers. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to talk about that after we take a short break, because that's the thing that, even more so than this horrendous face makeup picture, that's what's driving a lot of speculation all over social media about what what the hell is going on with his hands. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's that could be it. There are many, many theories. There are myriad theories. Some are more realistic than others, but we'll talk about some of those theories coming up here in just a second. Plus, Larry Kudlow says the climate crisis is a hoax because it's cold outside. That old Oh, yard. my God. Will they just st- fucking shut up about that? That's weather. How can they sleep at night? That's my big question for that. Uh, In the meantime, uh, w- there's an outlier poll out of New Hampshire that we have to talk about as well. Plus, uh, oh, uh, my favorite. <laughs> yes, I know you love talking about those things. But uh, also, Donald Trump uh, tried to talk about gold, one of his favorite things in the world, like he made an entire penthouse out of gold. He doesn't seem to understand that. Gold doesn't come in liquid form, that it's naturally in a solid state. We're going to talk about that, too, on the show coming up here. It's paint. I, like I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that could be it. Cans like, of gold. I'm going to get, let me get 40 gallons of gold. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Huh? Or, I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. We're going to, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's weird hang up about gold here in a second. So, so strange. Uh, a whole lot more still to come here on today's podcast. Back after these words. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. song <laughs> i knew you would in honor of your birthday we're gonna play a performance by jody hamilton singing with guilt lily The so multi-talented great. Jody Hamilton, yeah. So awesome. Love the song. Yeah. This is what I want for my birthday. It's you got six months. It's May 30th, Jody. Yep. For my birthday, I want you to record that song, the Skeeter Davis song. Don't they know it's the end of the world? It ended okay. when you said. <laughs> I just I feel like with your Good voice, night. it would just Ah, oh, yes! And then I'll hang myself. Is no. that. <laughs> don't do that! Yeah, please. No, I won't, I won't, I won't. Because we're kind of screwed, right? Is that sort of the message? It's for I the just election think year? It's, I, it's one of my favorite songs. It's gorgeous. And I just oh, okay. I want to hear Jody sing it because I just like, I feel like I can already hear the beehive and the chiffon dress. You know? I have a beehive wig. Should I wear that and do a video for you? Just <laughs> channel it in the voice. Yes. Like, you Jody, know. you need to do more work. Can, can you <laughs> squeeze in an exactly. entire project here in the meantime? Music video, song production. You know, you can just knock that off in a couple hours, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of singing, you brought us some breaking news during the commercial break because your mom appeared at the Emmys as a presenter and was fucking hysterical, made me laugh out loud about... It's nice to see men, you know, being honored finally in comedy. <laughs> That was it. I love that. Men aren't really funny, though, so. (laughs) No, they need to smile more. That's right. I can't imagine what your mom has gone through in the course of her career, given the just rank misogyny for most of that career that she's probably had to encounter. Well, I mean, when when she first got the show, what happened was she had an open contract for like a year and a half or two years, two years, I think, Uh at CBS after she left Gary Moore's show. Yeah. And, um... 
it was December of 66. She was 14,000 months pregnant with me. <laughs> and she turned to my dad and she said, because the contract was going to be up soon. And she said, I want to, because they were offering her sitcoms and, you know, you're the wacky neighbor and blah, you know, that kind mm-hmm, of stuff. True. And she turned to my dad and she said, I want a variety show. And dad said, a woman has never hosted a variety show. She goes, so? And hmm. um, so wow. they went to Mr. Paley and uh, the contract was so ironclad that they couldn't turn that down. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I so she was on. The, she was on the calendar literally for thirteen weeks, and then the fourteenth week was a question mark in her time slot. Oh my god! Well, I'm yeah. glad she did it because I've yeah. kind of gotten the sense though that she's been sort of unstoppable from the go, and that may just be like you know my own like wishful thinking, but like kind of a bulldozer in a way, just like I'm going to do this, and I'm so dazzlingly funny, and mm-hmm. so smart, and mm-hmm. so stubborn. And maybe that's a redhead thing, but you know, it's a Taurus thing, and she's not a redhead. I know. I remember what's watching the show when I was a kid, and this little redheaded boy asked her, yeah. and he was like, "You make me feel good to be a redhead," and she's like, uh, "Well, uh, I get it from a bottle." Uh, this kid raises his hand. He goes, "Were you ever made fun of as a kid with your red hair?" And she goes, right. "No, I didn't have red hair." That kid grew up to be David Ferguson and exactly. d- <laughs> destroyed Carrot Top. He grew up to be Carrot Top. Is what he <laughs> <laughs> Poor David. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so y- your mom had an encounter with the great Hannah Waddingham uh, yes. backstage. And by the way, this picture that you just sent us, you just texted this picture. <laughs> I haven't seen this one. I saw another picture where yeah, Hannah no, Waddingham's back is turned to us and she's talking to your mom and, of course, towering over your mom. Because as we established during the commercial break, Hannah Waddingham is 15 feet tall. So, She's very tall. Yeah. So they had. Uh, God, she can sing. Oh my God. Yeah, she, she can, can sing. She's she such really, a great singer. Really yeah, sing. Very, very yeah, talented. She's amazing. Yeah. And so what did Hannah Waddingham say to your mom? She, she beelined it over there because my mom's a huge fan of hers. <laughs> and, um, and she said, she, she said, no, I ran it. She came right up to me and she said, I, the only reason I got into acting is because of you. Now she's English. Um, so she had mm. to have been in the States to have seen my mom at, most of the points, but, um, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, she's like, I, I became an actor and, and she's like, do you still do, do you still sing? And my mom said, well, no, not really. She goes, will you be on my, did you see my special? My mom's like, yeah, I saw your special. It was amazing. She goes, would you be on my next year's Christmas special? Oh, so mom's considering wow, it, you know, it's wow, a possibility. Wow, wow, wow. Wouldn't that be great? I said, <laughs> oh, God, when yeah. I saw, Look, yeah, if when your I mom s- won't do it, I will. So just- okay, there you go. I'll just do it. I'll <laughs> pretend to be my mother. Um, no, she, when I saw her special, I emailed my mom. I said, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but if you still had your show, I know she would be a guest. Oh, God, yeah. So and she would have so been cool. a guest that she would have gone to over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There are certain people out there who have never been on your mom's show, but I feel like they're just like a natural. Of course, now I can't think of any of them. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Queen Latifah, uh, uh, what's his face, who um, had his own show in his. Wayne Brady. I mean, I can yeah. go through Chris a whole Pine. List. Chris Pine. Chris can Pine sing, like, would Frank be great. Sinatra. Yes. You know, and, and it's just there are so many people that if, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, but Hannah Waddingham would have been a go to like Bernadette Peters was because she mm-hmm. can act, she's funny, and she can sing. Well, congratulations to your mom for appearing on the Emmys. She was hysterical, as she always. Was. No surprise there. Uh, yeah, Carol Burnett was funny for a change. I know, that's so weird. Yeah, I know. Okay, let's talk about Donald Trump, whether he has syphilis, because that's, he, that's where my brain something. is right now. 
<laughs> yeah. I just every time I hear the word syphilis, I hear Tom Hanks as the sound guy going sibilance, syphilis, but it's like syphilis, syphilis. Yeah. syphilis. <laughs> It's so funny that, you know what? I remember that too. Every time I do a mic check, I always go sibilance, sibilance because of that, that one thing it lasted for two seconds on a Wayne's world sketch 30 years ago. Right. And we still remember that. Why are poor brains? You know, I could be like holding like, I don't know how to do my taxes in there or something. I know. I know. You know, it's like that and key lime pie recipe. (laughs) That's occupying space. The fact that I remember the name of the actor who played boss hog on Dukes of Hazzard. Sorrel book, by the way, that's occupying space (laughs) in my brain. Yes, that's taking neurons up in my brain right now that could be uh, occupied with something more useful. Well, that's like me. Different strokes, comrade Bane. Yes, Um, and and uh, my geometry teacher when I was in school would have this. The um, extra credit question had nothing to do with math, Mm -hmm. and I vividly remember this. Where is Radar O'Reilly from? And I'm like, Ottumwa, Iowa. Yeah. Duh. That's, I thought of that all evening Monday night watching the Iowa caucuses. Just like, Ottumwa, <laughs> Iowa, like where Radar is from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, in fact. The, the members one... of Duran Duran in order of height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? He's kind of a handsome reporter, works for MSNBC. He oh, was... Vaughn Hillier? I think it was that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. in Ottumwa, Iowa. Monday night. At a man. So he's, did he see Gary Berghoff? <laughs> Would Radar O'Reilly be like full-blown QAnon now? I don't think so. No. He uh, went through the shit, man. I don't think so. Maybe just a red no, hat. I think like a Radar became red a peace hat. activist. I do too. Yeah, like that's the possible. John Kerry route, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do too. We never really hear about politics from Radar. He could open his mouth about politics and just turn into a demon. No, he would have been a peace activist. I'm with David. He would yeah. have been a total yeah. no, Radar was hippie. An- Empathy monster. Yes, like, he was. Felt everything. Yeah. Okay. So that to me says he'd probably be in like, I don't know, public radio. All right. Well, I'm going to be way more cynical on the radar politics <laughs> thing. So I just think, man, it's one of those occasions. We've all had this run in at one point or another. Maybe it's with a relative at Thanksgiving or something like that. Sweetest, kindest person in the world. And then suddenly you say the name Obama and their eyes turn red. They turn into like Sith Lords from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? Where was that transformation? I've never seen that side of you before. Oh, my God. Goodbye. Well, no, a friend of mine, a friend of mine I was told was a huge giant Trumper, right? So every year for the past several years, I've been texting him on his birthday, right? And then I just randomly, I texted him last year and I didn't hear from him. And then I randomly texted him like three weeks ago and he started texting me back. I'm like, he may have broken the cult. (laughs) Well, okay, on that note, let's talk about Donald, as I said before, Donald Trump's syphilis, <laughs> which I, I don't mind, I don't mind mentioning uh, that. Let's just call it sniffleless. 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 That's awesome. How about snigmata? <laughs> <laughs> but I think sniffleless might be the name of today's show. Um, but anyway, so yeah, there's this picture of Donald Trump. He's waving and on his hand, there's like giant red sores. There's like one on the palm of his hand right near his index finger then there's another one on the tip of his index finger like in that upper third of his index finger and then there's another one on his thumb so obviously lots of people are trolling him all over social media saying that these are sores uh, symptomatic of syphilis like end-stage syphilis and there's even like 
infographics being circulated where there's like a drawing of someone's hand with sores on it illustrating that this is what happens if you get syphilis. He walked into somebody's church and dipped his hand in the holy water. And it just goes up to, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is someone theorized. There was a hissing sound. Yeah. There was steam. And, yeah. Right. And in fact, someone theorized that he grabbed a cross and it started to burn his hand. Oh, that actually <laughs> makes more sense. That makes the most sense to me. No, I mean, James Carville, I just hear him going, he got the clap. Yeah, that's right. He got the clap. That was so funny. I mean, it could be what Hal said on Stephanie's show today. I think this is the most likely explanation that Trump has been doing retail politics unlike he's ever had to do before. Because let's face facts here. The reality is is that Donald Trump is a horrendously weak candidate for the Republican nomination. Yes. I mean, he's going to get the nomination, but he probably shouldn't because he's probably going to lose. Again, the dreaded polls suggests that some of the other candidates have a better shot at beating Joe Biden than Donald Trump does. Anyway, so I think on some level, Donald Trump is especially desperate, forcing him to do things that he wouldn't otherwise do, including going around and shaking a lot of hands. Now, there was a storyline in, I believe it was season seven of The West Wing, where Alan Alda's character, Arnold Vinnick, was getting like hand injuries from shaking so many hands. And but it's not a skin thing. Like, I've known people who've had that, who've had to shake so many hands that they ended up with, like, injuries to their tendons and bones and, like, bruising and stuff. Yeah. You don't get blisters from that. You don't, we're not, like, right. rubbing our hands together like we're trying to start a fire and we're shaking <laughs> hands. You know? I know. Well, that's a good point. I, it could be something where he got some sort of infection from, like, skin infection from shaking hands. I mean, there could be that explanation as well. I think it's. I think somebody mentioned that he's been gripping his golf clubs too tightly. It might be that too. I mean, there's. I'm thinking about like where the right hand goes, where where it grips a golf club. Yeah, and it's like on the like you know the the heel of the thumb, like palm, you yeah. know, and then like the base of the index finger and the index finger. Yeah. I mean, I've driven golf balls before. I've never played like a full, like actual game of golf. I've only ever done miniature golf. (laughs) Miniature golf, miniature golf and driving ranges. That's the extent of my golf experience. But I've been driving golf balls, having not done anything else golf wise. And I don't get blisters on the tips of my fingers and thumbs. If if there's going to be blisters anywhere, it's going to be on my hand. So I don't know. But I mean, Donald Trump has notoriously soft hands. Like soft and delicate, like a raw canned ham or something like that. You know, because he gets manicures. But And he's never done a day of manual labor in his life. Oh, hell no. I don't know. It could be golfing. Think he's ever washed know. a dish, ever? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, God, no. No, no. Maybe a military school, but that that's the only place he would have done that. I, I think it's probably something to do with him handshaking a lot, but I'd like to believe... No, I've got to vigorously disagree with that, because okay. I just I don't see getting blisters. Un- unless, of course, you shake hands with someone who's got some sort of skin disease. Ugh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I think Hal was hypothesizing some form of warts. Like he maybe got yeah. infected with whatever Yuck. causes warts that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, this is super duper gross. So let's move on. Because I got to talk about Larry Kudlow and the climate crisis. Mm. This is like the evergreen thing. This is like uh, Leonard Skinner playing Freebird. It's like one of the greatest hits where they say the climate crisis is a hoax because it's cold outside. Forgetting the fact that global warming, for example, that term encompasses, you know, the entire fucking globe. 
So where it's cold right now in the Northeast, for example, or it's cold in the Northern Hemisphere because of the polar vortex, which, by the way, has to do with the climate crisis. The reason the Wobbly polar- jet stream, folks. Come on. Like, you get with the program. Like, there's right. a river in the air called the jet stream. It flows around North America, and it gives us temperate waters. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it but- dips because it gets wobbly because, yeah, anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah, well, likewise, it's warm in the Southern Hemisphere right now because that hemisphere of the planet is more directly facing the sun, meaning that it's summertime down on that end of things. Anyway, so uh, here's Larry Kudlow talking about how the climate crisis is a hoax because it's cold outside. Iowans know it's going to be cold in January. Montanans know it's going to be cold in January. Pretty much everybody except John Kerry knows it's going to be cold in January. Pretty much everybody except John Kerry knows it's going to be cold in January, Chuck Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Is he always drunk? I mean, that sounded yeah, super drunk right there. I want to hear that again. Pretty much everybody except John Kerry knows it's going to be cold in January. No, it's going to be and cold. we also know it's going to be hot in August. Well, I know it's going to be hot in August. Suddenly he's Asian. Are you Jeff Sessions now, dude? Like, what the fuck? You got so drunk that you turned into Southern trailer trash. Okay, fine. <laughs> I got to hear that one more time. And we also know it's going to be hot in August. Hot this- in August. He's James Corville now. You know, got the clap. Yeah. Donald Trump's got the clap. Oh, my that God. That dog won't hunt. <laughs> this is killing me. I got to hear it again. Iowans know it's going to be cold in January. Montanans know it's going to be cold in January. Pretty much everybody except John Kerry knows it's going to be cold in January. <laughs> Pretty much everybody except John Kerry. Who brought John Kerry into this? That's 2004, <laughs> which has literally been 20 years now. But Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. This Go is on, Mr. Hysterical. Kirkland. Holy Ready shit. Uh, <laughs> and we also and, uh, know it's going to be hot in August. And this global warming stuff and Green New Deal stuff and over a trillion dollars, I say it's over a trillion dollars. <laughs> I don't understand how you can be extant in the world and like at all consuming information of any kind. Yeah. And at this point, not know that the weather is fucked. I know. I know. And he's talking about whether in, again, one part of the world, Montana and Iowa, I think he was talking about those two states. Everybody in Ireland has going to be called in January. It's not the whole globe. He's not talking about, oh, God. Oh, we're a chillion dollars. It's Sydney right now. It's probably 115 degrees Fahrenheit. But Yeah. You know. The Southern Hemisphere is going to face record heat. Right now, happening right now, because that's how the planet works. And they don't understand Every year is the hottest year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's beating last year. Global warming stuff and Green New Deal stuff and over a trillion dollars. I say it's a hoax. Over a trillion dollars. There is no immediate danger. I I don't want to put words in your mouth. (laughs) No. (laughs) Jesus, Larry. Easy, buddy. Have another one, man. Holy shit. Please disagree if you do, but I just think this is a hoax. Greenland is a strategic place up there. <laughs> About the and, same, uh, isn't it? They got a lot of valuable minerals. I don't want to predict an outcome. I'm just saying the president, who knows, knows a thing, thing or two, two about buying real estate, 
wants <laughs> to take a look I, at and low I, interest rates, no inflation, virtually no, no inflation, inflation Chata. So I actually... <laughs> it's sick that I know so much of that by One heart. day when we have our Chata. physical show and we're in, I don't know, D.C. or L.A. or yeah. somewhere, we're going to have to bring him in. We're going to have to interview Larry Kudlow <laughs> and then surprise him with a breathalyzer. <laughs> surprise like him with a question about Greenland is what we have to do. Yeah, because what we have to do is and all this, recite it like it's a choral reading. <laughs> and then say it with him, like we always do. Right, right. Say it over him as he's talking about how Greenland is a strategic. Got a lot of valuable minerals. Got a lot of valuable minerals. <laughs> saying the climate crisis is a hoax because it's cold is like saying outer space is a hoax because the stars vanish during the day. It just shows a it's basic. It's like saying act. that hamburgers are made of pork because the word ham is the first syllable. <laughs> I mean, it's right. like, yeah. It's just, I yeah. don't know if you guys saw someone was like showing how. Um, what's his face? Oh, now I've just completely blown the joke. Um, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Like you know, they were like, <laughs> this is like the level of intellect we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, exactly. He's like I'm not going to eat hamburgers anymore because I'm giving up pork. And they'd be like, Joe, they're made of beef. He's like, no. <laughs> the word ham is the first syllable. I'm not stupid. Okay, so meantime, uh, Nikki Haley says that we've never been a racist country. She oh, she keeps walking into this one. I guess because okay, it works. So no, why don't we call you Nimrata then? Well, that's just it. She talks about how she was a victim of racism, but the United States has been a, never been a racist country. Let's listen to Nikki Haley talking about this right now. Are you involved in a racist party? No. We're, no. We're no, 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 she, yeah, she, she almost did Clint Howard there. She no, did. No, she no was toolless. No bitches being out there. No, no, no. That's a different one. Let's try this again. Are you involved in a racist party? No, no. We're, no. we're not it's a racist. It's so party. fast. You know, it's like, I mean, it ejects from her mouth. <laughs> Oh my god. Spring loaded waiting for that question, you know. Like, so funny. It's like uh okay, wait easy tiger, you know. <laughs> Are you involved in a racist party? No. 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 We're, we're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. But no. God, I can hear the wild look in her eyes. It's the worst part, you know? Like she's totally getting that like Bobert look right oh, now. Oh Jesus. You can see all the way around the colored part of her eye, which is always a da- like a danger sign. Yeah. Nature says, do not touch. Like, well, it's great. We've never been a racist country. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, from 1776 through 1865, slavery was legal. From 1877 to 1964, segregation, Jim Crow, legal, lynchings were common. From 1960. 1960- I mean, it's the answer to everything from like, why is vanilla? <laughs> racism. I mean, it's yeah. just like everything in America. It's like, why do we tip at restaurant? Racism. Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't pay waiters. Mm-hmm. They get, you know, black men would come in off the street and run the tables. Yeah. For the cooks and the people who own the restaurant. And the tip was the only pay they got. And that was at the discretion of the customer. So it's basically slavery. And that's like north of the Mason Dixon line, folks. It's New York City. I mean, the great irony about this statement that, oh, no, we've never been a racist country, is that Nikki Haley, in saying that, is directly courting the votes of racist white voters. You know that she is was the governor of the first state that seceded from, I know you know this, from yes. the union. Yeah, of course. Everyone thinks they've got a great sense of humor. 
Everybody thinks they're going to heaven, and nobody thinks they're a racist. Other people are racist, but they're not a racist. They're just a realist. I mean, during our lifetimes, there was a chain of restaurants called Sambo's. I mean, that actually exists. Well, yeah. we're not a racist country. <laughs> That's absolutely absurd. And again, the fact is that even by saying that, she's emphasizing that we are a racist country because the entire Republican voting base is racist. See, she's got that answer. Like, that's on an index card that she, like, tucked under her yep. pillow before she fell asleep last night. And that's mm -hmm. why there's a completely inhuman, like, non-pause yeah. when he asked her that question because she's been waiting for that mm -hmm. question. And it, like, leaps forth a little too quickly. Yep, yep. You know? Okay. I can just, I can hear the wild, like I said, like, hear the wild look in her eyes. She's just a little too frantic to, to you know, like, stomp on that. So, Nikki, are you part of a racist country? No! <laughs> no! Nikki, is your party a racist party? No! No! Nikki Haley, are you winning this primary campaign? No! No! <laughs> Nikki, are you going to be Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate? No! No! Okay, let's take a break. I'm having too much silly fun. <laughs> Back with more podcasting right after these words. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bob Seska plays more music. Another spin for the great Freak Bass and his brand new just, single. This makes me wish I could roller skate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great song. This is a song called uh, I Know You Do. And we're playing this in honor of our friend Freak Bass, who today is going to be at the TikTok Live Fest Awards, where he has wow. been nominated. And then he's going to be hanging out at the, at the uh, TikTok headquarters. Wow. All happening today, yeah. So one of those instances where... Holy shit, someone who has worked their ass off to produce great music, to get his name out there, is finally getting the recognition that he deserves. The great freak bass has finally taken off all over the TikTok. Because TikTok. He can we talk about can so I just talk just for like 30 seconds about something that makes me irrationally furious? Okay, sure. Do you know what water talk is, Bob? No! <laughs> okay, thank you. Nikki, uh, Nikki Haley, do you know what water talk is? No! <laughs> so the Stanley Tumblers that everyone's crazy for, one of the reasons that they're crazy for them yeah. is because water TikTok, there's this whole thing of like people mixing <clears throat> different like drops and powders with water in their tumblers to bake quote-unquote alternative soft drinks that are supposedly better for you. But it's like, okay, it's not water now. Yeah. You know, when you add like six drops of Aussie lemon, like, you know, stuff with the chemicals in it that make it purple and the, yeah. you know, and the caffeine and the ginseng and the sucralose and the diet sweeteners. And it's just like, no, it's not, that's not water. No. In fact, uh, David, ask me if that's water. 
Bob, is that is that water? No! Sorry. I feel like we need Nikki's no also, like just on a spring like that. It really yeah. it sounds like she sat on a tack. No, 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 no. No. Oh my God. Sorry. I have to apologize yeah. because I'm just going to derail the entire show by playing with that. Okay. Uh, moving along here on a big Thursday show. So there's this outlier poll showing Nikki Haley tied with Donald Trump in New Hampshire. That's significant. Yeah. Uh, if it's true, That's huge. but you know, I, I think it's an outlier to be honest with you. Probably. This is, this is uh, from the American research group, otherwise known as ARG. <laughs> so, is there uh, a Monty Python bit about Castle Arg? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so Nikki Haley is tied with Donald Trump in New Hampshire, according to the Arg poll. Uh, Castle Arg. Yeah, they're both tied at forty percent. Yeah. Whenever I hear Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. I always hear Nikki Onstein, Nikki Onstein from Hello Dolly. Oh right. <laughs> That's funny. No. Um, <laughs> So, uh, meantime, uh, DeSantis is tied at 4% with Ramaswamy, who's not even in the race anymore. Mm. Uh, Asa Hutchinson polled at 1%. I forgot he was in the race. Yeah. Asa Hutchinson is at the Connor Roy level of support. (laughs) God bless Connor. And and uh, congratulations to Kieran Culkin (laughs) for his Emmy that was well-deserved. Oh, God, yeah. Well, Jesus, they all swept the acting awards for that show for succession and well-deserved because the acting yes. in that final season, the acting in the entire show was great, but that final season had some of the greatest performances I've ever seen on television. Uh, Kieran Culkin at the funeral, yeah. just hands down. That's how God, he won the Emmy. I've never seen it. Is it that good? The, it's really good. The it just seems to me like it was like, I just feel like I'm living this. Yeah, you know? I like, know. That was why I stopped. Thing. That's why I didn't watch it for many, many years and only caught up this past uh, summer and fall. So good. Yeah. So good. If you're a student of acting, you have to look at the scene or the sequence of scenes in that episode where, uh, spoiler for Succession. Shh. Yeah, I this, don't know. If this, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. No, yeah, you, you haven't watched it yet, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But there's a yeah, scene... Yeah, yeah. There's a scene when it's announced that someone has, has died and, and the main characters are all reacting to the death. Right. And the performances in that sequence were mind-blowingly real. There was nothing artificial in any no. way, shape, or form. It was so raw and real and honest and true. I was just blown away by that. So anyway, yeah, praise for Succession. And uh, Matthew McFadyen won, one of my favorite characters uh, on Succession, Tom uh, Wamsgans. Opening episode of Six Feet Under, I always thought was extraordinary. By the way, you know what? I have a clip here of uh, Alan Ruck as Connor Roy, the aforementioned Connor Roy, delivering his noncommittal eulogy for this sexual predator who they worked with, who was then who died on the show, <laughs> and and so this is this is Connor Roy trying not to praise the person he's eulogizing, trying desperately to be completely middle ground with this guy's life. Hello, I'm here as a fellow human <laughs> to acknowledge that Lester has, as we know, passed on. Lester was a man. Also, Lester was an employee of the Waystar Company for 40 years. And when a man dies, it is sad. All of us will die one day. In this case, it is Lester who has done so. Lester was alive for 78 years. 
but no more. Jesus. Now he is dead. I got this. Lester's wife is Maria. They were married for 15 years. <laughs> now she is sad. It's just like a Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. There's nothing that's opinionated about any of that. Like he was oh, a like a personal. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the priest that is at the funeral for the person that then the priest never they went didn't go to that church. Mm-hmm. So the priest just goes, "What do you know about him?" Okay, I'm writing that down, and may God rest his soul. <laughs> Psalm 23, blah, blah, blah. Hi, his name was Peter. Anybody want to talk about Peter? I mean, it's that. Thanks for indulging me about this. I'm but sorry. This, I love that show so much. Uh, me too. I, just, I feel like one of these days we're going to accidentally do a show with Never Mentioned Politics once. It may be today's show, right? <laughs> what do you think, Nikki Haley? Should we just ignore politics for the rest of the show? No! <laughs> Um, so this is, uh, I do want to say that, I mean, like, you know, someone, surely someone on the, like, you know, crashed Soviet sub that is the Republican party mm-hmm. has got to be seeing the writing on the wall and being like Trump, you know, like he is going to lose again. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't have the votes. He just doesn't like well, we more than about, 50%. I, I talked about that with Rachel Bittacoffer yesterday, in fact. And this is a great segue back into politics, so thank you. Um, we were talking about this very thing, and I said, I, has it occurred to them that they're in the process of nominating someone right now who may not be on all the ballots, who may get excluded from very important ballots at some point between now and Election Day? We're already starting to see that pattern occur. But I guess it doesn't occur to them. They don't care. They're just no. so tied to the cult. They don't care more than 50 percent, 51, 52 percent of people in the country hate him. Right. It's not like mild antipathy. Like we don't. I mean, he we have a this. I mean, and that's the I mean, you know, there's not casual people out there that can be sweet. He's not winning any new followers at this Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I know. There's no surprises when it comes to Donald Trump anymore. Yeah, no one's yeah. like, I mean, and I feel like he did skate in on like Russian interference and just pure novelty in 2016. Well, yeah. And here's a couple of things that we should be aware of. And this is apart from the polls. You don't even have to look at the polls to get a sense of where we're going with this entire election season, who could end up on top. And that is the trend of not only Joe Biden's stellar fundraising so far. million in quarter three, which is far and away like uh, it's two thirds greater than Donald Trump's haul for that same period of time. Plus, the Democrats have been winning all of these special elections. Yeah, Florida just now. Yeah, Florida. There was a state house election where it was a Republican lost the state. the, The seat was flipped for the Democrats. And that is happening every time we turn on the television or open the news, that Democrats are winning all of these crucial elections. Since 2018, the Democrats have been dominating every step of the way. Donald Trump has been losing every step of the way. That's what, another thing gets lost in the mix with talking about Donald Trump is the fact that he's a loser. He's right. losing court cases. He's losing elections. Yeah. The party that he's tied to is losing big elections. Mm-hmm. The 2022 midterms, the 2020 election, the 2018 midterms. He didn't win a majority of the popular vote in 2016. Donald Trump is a gigantic loser. Loser. And that is uh, something we need to talk about more often, I think. 
But they're ready to nominate this guy again, despite his He's record of losing. Four-syllable yeah. word, Lahuzer. Lahuzer. That was, was Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. That's yeah. the Jim Carrey thing. Ace Ventura, pet detective. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So watch these special elections as they happen. If there are any further special elections between now and election day, that's important. The fundraising is important. I mean, 117 million dollars. You can do a lot with that between now yeah. and November, especially as the economy continues to improve. And as the Biden campaign will be making a case for its policies that contributed to the booming economy that we have right yep. now. So that's all going to go on. And that case is going to be made. I don't think we should worry about whether or not the Democrats are going to put their best foot forward. I think that's absolutely going to happen. Um, Rachel was also saying yesterday that the central focus of MAGA extremism is also an extraordinarily good idea for the Biden campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to the cable news people who are like, I don't know, do people really want to hear about MAGA extremism? I mean, it's just some mean tweets, isn't it? No, don't, don't pay any attention to that. This is what will uh, have maximum impact for the Biden campaign, focusing on the threat to democracy, all the stuff that we talk about here on this show. Okay, so meantime, uh, I want to mention this here uh, before we wrap up the show. Dennis Kucinich is attempting a comeback. I don't know if you're aware of this. He's going to try to run for Congress again. Well, yeah. okay. I met him. He was very nice. Yeah, but he's going to run as an independent. Very small. He's very small. <laughs> That's right. He's old enough to carbon date at this point, I think. I mean, he was already like... <laughs> And oh, he was already man. kind of a fossil the first time around, and that was 40, 30 years ago. But okay, Dennis, yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, he worked for the uh, RFK Jr. campaign for a period of time. Right. I think oh, he was either, well, that makes sense. He's either the campaign manager or the campaign chairman. I forget exactly what he was, but he's just yeah. got that old gotta run for it myself fever. Got a spoiler juice. Got right. So he just filed FEC paperwork to run for Congress. Good luck, Dennis Kucinich. Meantime, Rod- oh, I thought he was running for president. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, he's just running for Congress. No, yeah, oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's been out of the game for a long time. Uh, meantime, Roger Stone is under investigation for threatening to assassinate Eric Swalwell. Thank God. Oh, God, finally. Please send that man to prison. I just, yeah. I can't. Why is he out walking around? I don't get it. I don't know. He's just, he's plotting to uh, crawl into our house in the middle of the night. Oh, That's God, a- with his fucking jacked <laughs> up head. What is wrong with that man? He's another one that just like, how does he make clothes look so bad? Yeah, yeah. Just uncanny. Well, his here's ability the thing. To- I, I really believe that he was just talking. I don't think he had any specific intention to murder Eric Swalwell. I think this is just the cocaine talking. I have no direct evidence that uh, Roger Stone uses cocaine other than observation of the obvious. Seems like he does. And if he does, this is probably what it is. I mean, the weird mouth twitches that he has. Who is he in that deposition with? Larry, somebody? Yeah. Who's well, also a nuisance, like just a like just a complete creep. But like he I, he clearly wanted to bite the man. Yeah, it was so obvious. Like he's like a coke jaw. Yeah, but. that's what that's what I mean. Look at Roger Stone talk for any length of time, and he does this crazy thing where his lower jaw just juts out. Like he's like yeah, that's coke. Yeah, that's I think coke. it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, when I met Mr. Kucinich, it was at a Larry Flint's office. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> And Lonnie and I have a picture. We have a picture of us with Mr. Flint. It was like we were going to meet Santa. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay. He was very nice, by the way. Mr. Flint was very, very nice. Porn Our, Santa. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was porn Santa. and that, <laughs> Porn Santa. He's porn Santa. <laughs> it was very nice. And that's it was a fundraiser for Mr. Kucinich. And, and Larry Flint hosted it. And it was literally going up to Santa to meet him because he, you know, can't walk. He couldn't walk. Yeah. And so he was very nice. And, oh, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> All right. Shadow Docket coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.